Thanks to Henneke for doing this lockdown interview. Hope you enjoyed the first part. In this next part, we talk about her music videos and delve deeper into the message behind the songs. Some of us have feathers, but forgot how to fly. Some of us sleep all day and stay up all night. Some of us are fierce, some of us are wise. We all gotta work together if we wanna survive. We are strange creatures. Onto the, the music video section of this, you've got two great music videos for the first two singles of the Strange Creatures mm-hmm. album. The first video being for Strange Creatures came out in April, and the second one for the Future of the Species that came out just recently in August. Yeah, can you talk me a bit through the ideas behind the videos, and did you make all those costumes yourself? Yeah, I did. For me, the video is just as important as the song. I've always been really... Um, you know, the visual side of things. I mean, when I listen to music, I see stuff. I mean, I, I don't have like synesthesia, you know, where people see actual specific things, but I've always had a really strong visual connection with music. And, um, you know, I, I've always adored artists that really put time into their music videos as opposed to just something, you know, miming along to the song and having some sort of visual thing as, a, as an afterthought. You can create a real... A uh, complete piece of art when you have both those things working together. So it's really important to me to have a really cool music video. Um, and yeah, it's it was a long journey with the first one. Um, it took me about a year to put it all together, even though it was all shot in one day. It, it was the most ambitious project I've ever sort of tried as, as so, so far I've, I've done all my own music videos, but they were very kind of low budget, um, whatever I had at home, simple things um, that I could make myself completely myself or just with my partner's help behind the camera, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I, I got a crew together and I found a really great um, young cinematographer, um, Bailey Broom Peak. Um, she, she really, did an amazing job with the with the with the cinematography and also putting together a really good crew. You know, I had a proper lighting and proper help. We had about 14 people on set. And yeah, the idea comes from the, the music is written or the song is written from the point of view of the birds. And the whole thing is I, I wanted to create this rapport between the birds and humans to really show that we are not so different that we have struggled through the same things that we are one at the end of the day so that, you know, people care and, and want to save them. I wanted that em- empathy there. And, and I, I love surreal things. I love things that are a bit odd. Um, and this whole half human, half bird thing, these bird heads really appealed to that. And also it was something that I could make myself that was, relatively low budget so all of these things come into play as as what what you end up creating is a lot of the time it's based around what you can do what have well, what have I got so these are the limitations and that can sometimes uh drive you to really creative solutions so that's mm-hmm. where that came from so I made all these heads uh they're largely paper mache um you know your, your typical 
primary school, blow up a balloon and layer the, the paper mache over it. And that's the base yeah. of them, right? Yeah. Then on top of that, I, I stuck on um, uh, fabrics and different things to, to, to then fill them with foam so they wouldn't move around and wobble around when the dancers had mm. them on. Um, and yeah, then I found some amazing dancers, Dance Plant Collective, who put on regular uh, contemporary dance uh, shows and they're just, um, they totally got the idea. They totally got where I wanted to go with it. I wanted to, it to be odd and quirky with a bit of a sense of humour, but also kind of slightly odd and disturbing in a way. I, I don't, um, yeah, it's, it's just the right, the right vision for it yeah immediately when they put them on they became a character and and it, it had a sense of humor about it but it was also not just silly for the sake of silly they're obviously incredible dancers so they were doing <laughs> physically things that that were incredibly expressive and it just yeah it worked really well um yeah and you've just got you just got the story of um these half bird half human archetypes you know you've got your business Tui in a suit in an office working away getting frustrated with the day-to-day -day office life and and then you've got this Kokako is making pizza and a pizza factory and folding boxes and getting annoyed with the drudgery of a nine-to-five job and and you've got this housewife Kiwi who's uh, stuck at home having to clean and and is that stereotype and, mm -hmm. and then they just lose decide that they don't want it anymore lose a um get angry express their frustration and escape and go back to the forest nightclub um where they let loose and 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 return back to nature so <laughs> that's that's the concept yes. yeah wow that's that's cool um and i think you did you say that with those those masks which like they look they look amazing i think it's really impressive that you make all that with paper mache and fabric very very skilled when the dancers are wearing those they can't actually really see out of them is that right yeah pretty much it varies from mask to mask some some have more of an opening than others because they're all different bird species they all have different mm -hmm. beaks and all that so it, well, they did I, well because yeah, they, well, they made they, up their they, own they, and dance yeah. pretty much just blind <laughs> yeah i was i mean and they were so cavalier about it i mean there were a few moments where I really thought they might hurt themselves. <laughs> they really went for it, um, which just, yeah, I was amazed. And it's not, not even so much not being able to see, it's not being able to breathe. I shot this video, was it early December last Ooh. year? So it was hot. Ooh. Yeah. The humidity. So trying to do something yeah. like, I guess you'd have to have a good breather between takes if you were doing even a Yeah, yeah, we, we, we broke it up. But, uh, yeah. oh, wow. I mean, they really gave it their all. I was just amazed at the performance. It was just spectacular. Yeah. It was yeah. a different group of dancers for the second video, though. That was a different vibe altogether. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a contemporary dance thing. I actually wanted hip hop dancers for that, for that style. Mm -hmm. So um, they're from uh, a collective called Street Candy, and they do, they do a lot of um, tuition and stuff, and it's more you know, modern hip-hop, K-pop, that kind of style. So they yeah. were a lot more conventional in that sense, but they still did amazing stuff with the heads. I, I didn't even have a rehearsal with them. Mm. I even didn't, I hadn't even met them until the day of the shoot. Wow. And they they, they had no idea what was coming. 
Wow. <laughs> I was like, Excellent. okay, well, are you guys comfortable wearing these heads and doing some dance? I was like, yeah, sure. All right. Wow. <laughs> Off the cuff, and they just jumped in. So this we're talking about yep. about the second video for the future of the yeah, second, second yeah, single. Yeah. It's just yeah. gone online in August. And so was it just a were you short of time basically just jumped in? Or yeah, yeah, it was. Um I had already set um my release gig. I had that already months ahead planned and that was a set in stone thing that I couldn't move and I tried to promote my own um promote the first single myself I didn't have a publicist um which I found incredibly difficult to get um I think you have to have a publicist and have people who know people because I, I just didn't get a lot of responses at all. And, and for the second one, I found a publicist who was willing to help me with it. But she needed a lot more lead time with the video than I thought that I, I thought I had two months, three months to put it together. And it's like, oh, no, no, I need it by the end of the month. And I was like, oh, God, okay. Because <laughs> I had a whole year to make the other one. And I was like, yeah, I'd spent so much time sussing it out and getting it the way I wanted. And I was like, oh, dear, what can I do? But again, that limitation and that pressure can sometimes really drive creativity and and, mm. and you still end up with something cool. So in fact, I, I, I'm a serial procrastinator. I need pressure. I need <laughs> deadlines. Otherwise, I just don't. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I fully agree with that. In, in fact, it probably, the fact that this, this video was ready and went online only like about a month ago, because mm. you were pushed for that deadline, that was able to come out pre-lockdown alongside right. your yeah. release party, which also was pre-locked, you know, so it's good to have a deadline. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it turned so, out good. I'm happy. I'm happy with how it turned out. It's not not quite the production of the first one, um, but I, I I feel it suits the song and it's it's the right thing for it. So I'm yeah. pleased with how it turned out. Maybe just talk, we'll talk briefly about what the what the song "The Future of the Species" is about. In the in the blurb next to the video, it talks about in the in the bird world, it's the it's the females who have the power, and then the males have to like do a fancy dance to get the attention. And you're playing a bit with that in the in the um, context of the hip hop world, where where I think you see where misogyny is still rife. So it's quite fun to play with that. Yeah, I mean, this this whole song was, again, something that I never expected to write. I've never tried to rap before or anything even remotely <laughs> like that. And I just thought, okay, the only way I can make this work is that it's got to be firmly tongue-in-cheek, right? Because I don't think I, if I, if I tried to do this seriously, I think it would just come off terrible. So, yeah, it's it's that whole typical stereotype of what would be the male in a, in a hip-hop context talking about how they're like big boobs and all this sort of thing and you know the girls have to put on what it's that typical objectification but objectification flipped on its head you know I have no problem with objectification as long as it's equal yeah so it's it's putting in the other side and and 
from the bird point of view so you've got that whole surreal thing of is it human is it not but again it's that whole relation it's not that different to how we are um all those basic instincts are, are, are common between all species so yeah and it's 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 a bit of fun it's meant to be meant to be tongue-in-cheek i hope it comes off that way you never know when people <laughs> see it <laughs> no it's a fun it's a fun one yeah i love that at the start of it that you're know, keeping true to the i guess maybe a retro hip-hop vibe come with the mm. old boom box and put that down yeah, I was like, oh, cool. I can see I could get that vibe straight away because I actually have like an old ghetto blaster boombox in my room that I inherited. So I'm, I'm a big fan of things like that. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's, I love retro stuff and, and that's I've always gravitated to to things that are sort of deliberately lo-fi. And that was another another thing that came out of having a low budget and a low, um, you know, a short amount of time to do it in is if you make it deliberately lo-fi, then you know, you don't have to have that incredibly high production value to to keep it interesting. So, and also it fits in with the meaning. I mean, the song talks about the future of the species. Uh, even though t- it's it's kind of in a in a tongue in cheek sexual context, the future of the species and as in reproduction. Mm-hmm. But also, there's meant to be the double meaning that the future of the species is down to us in the sense that we need to do something to to stop. Um, climate change and to really protect our future um and it, I thought if I set it back in time if I make it look like an old video that's you know an old VHS that's been sitting in someone's attic for 30 years then that makes that future now right because mm-hmm. it is now we need to mm-hmm. act now so that's another another layer to it I don't know if that uh, is that obvious but it's there <laughs> well now well probably not straight away because I've only watched it once and I was thinking I was thinking more about, oh, is it, is it about saving the endangered bird species things? But no, you reminded me, of course, it's also just about human species and saving the planet for everyone, <laughs> for all the species. Yeah, that's right. Because if, if we can't save the birds, then how are we going to save ourselves, to be honest? I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mm. look good for us either. And that's the entire message of the album. And, and some of the songs, I, I try not to pull any punches. You know, I try and be as explicit about that as possible. I... I the, you know, we don't want to be the generation that sat around on our asses scrolling through Facebook, blaming the, the previous generation for all the problems that we're in. We've got to do something now or that's it. Yeah. And we are yeah. living in an emergency. I mean, this is something we should be panicking about, really, mm. when you think about it. But it's so easy to put it off and it's so easy to just let other people call the shots. But we can't. We really, really, really mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. That normal human complacency about, oh, yeah, well, um, I guess depending who you talk to, some people probably might remain complacent about it because, but like you said, the future is now. It sounds like such a cliche because I suppose that's a bit of a catchphrase, mm. but it's like the time to act was probably five years ago, but, hey, still not too late. Well, <laughs> say five yeah, years ago, I mean, probably 50. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right, but it's you, you yeah. still have to adapt to it all before yeah, you go yeah. extinct, just like every other species has in the history of... Uh, life yeah. on this planet it's it's if things are changing then you have to do something to adapt and yeah are we I mean we're not really doing anything <laughs> and yeah it's it's terrifying it's I mean we can sit here and, and and laugh about it but really it's it's a massive issue it's the biggest issue that humanity has ever faced and 
Yeah. Um, yeah, COVID aside, I like this. This is making lockdowns yeah. Like Co- tiny Yeah, Co- COVID is, is, is just a temporary thing. It's a, such a minor thing. The, the, the things that are coming in the next couple of decades are going to make COVID seem like nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to be given a bit of perspective. I was going to say this, um, this interview's taken a, a very good, a good, a good serious yeah. turn, but hey, why don't we talk about these issues now when now's the time? Mm. It's so easy to forget when we're all like marooned in lockdown. I, I mean, it's difficult, like knowing, knowing exactly what to do. I mean, I, I, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a mm. politician. I don't have any sort of solutions as what to say. All, I'm, all I can do as an artist is to hopefully make people care to make them pay attention and yeah but it, it's, it's so difficult because I think we've got this bad news fatigue you know we were constantly hearing with social yeah. media we're just hearing all this bad things and 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 it's so easy to just retreat into your bubble and and, and your cocoon and, and just sort of pretend like nothing bad is happening but uh yeah I think the more, the more educated you become the more I think there's actually more optimism in that I I think it's it's just just ignoring things putting your head in the sand won't make you feel better I think at the end of the day if you empower yourself and actually do something even if it's just a small thing yeah it's going to make you feel like yeah that you'll you'll be happier for it and I I feel happier for creating this I feel because I had that (laughs) same feeling of just you know, not feel, feeling helpless and not being able to do anything about it, and and yeah. just it's just another way to, to to at least show that I care, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. to come to terms with these things instead of feeling hmm. this sort of guilt and 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 just trying to avoid it. Yeah, yeah because it's so overwhelming. Um, mm, it is overwhelming. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably why some people might want to not think about, but just get yeah, to. The one thing I'd say is that from hearing a few people talk about it on the on the radio or TV or in different places, that for most, for the ordinary person, for most of us ordinary people, the whole climate change being huge, the best thing you can do is educate yourself and think of the small changes you can do in daily life, like less packaging or mm. you know, soft plastic recycling and things like that. So little changes, and that's and then that's all you can do. But then if they become regular habits, then then you're actually doing something forever that's right and yeah. you know, all these things are consumer driven you know it's living capitalism mm. it's all just where money goes and and what people buy and and as an individual you have the choice of mm-hmm. what you buy well not everybody not everybody to be yeah. fair this well, to buy kind of stuff, a first to buy this stuff maybe. thing but yeah it's a kind of incredibly complicated thing I yeah just, I don't want to be naive about it you know I don't believe that my music is going to change the world because it <laughs> made people care and all of a sudden everything's going to be fine it's not like that you're but, doing you're uh, doing a bit by getting the message out there and I'm, I'm sure doing you're doing something your every day. yeah yeah I'm trying but, so, but my summary of from all the stuff I've heard probably oversimplifying it but like the one one thing you can do for climate change and waste is like to do more, you can buy less. <laughs> Have That's right. less stuff, repair stuff, recycle stuff. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Repair and yeah. recycle. I mean, it's you got to start somewhere. Or buy secondhand but, stuff. Don't yeah, have always have to be new that you have Clean to swapping. Yeah, so, but yeah, mm. okay. I should I should move on to my final questions. But um, yeah, that's a that's a huge topic. 
COVID-related question. Since I started making these podcasts this year, only in June, actually, I've been asking artists what was the first gig they went to or performed at after last year's big lockdown. But now, here we are again in our second extended lockdown <laughs> a while later, mm. over a year later. So for you, I'd ask, how has this current lockdown affected you as an artist? Let's push back your album release, obviously. Mm. Do you find it easier to write songs or do your music-related stuff, or is it more challenging? Um, it's tricky because, I, well, I, I've always had quite a, a low output, as in it takes me a long time to finish anything. So this yes. lockdown is relatively short in terms of my overall ability to put things out. So it, it takes me, I mean, it took me four years to do this album. So <laughs> in the scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. But yes, it definitely has. I mean, I, what I really want to do is do shows. Yeah, do as many shows as possible. I've got all the gear now. I've got the setup. I've, I, I was, I've only been able to do a handful, and they were all so exciting for me and so satisfying for me as an artist to be able to put this music out there and 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 get get the actual audience feedback has been so great. Um, and I just want to do more of that. And the problem is I can't right now. And also planning for shows is is really difficult at the moment. I've got one show coming up. Um, I hope will still happen on the 16th of October. Um, it will happen if we're level two. Yeah, we can do it under level two. Fingers crossed. Um, it's, um, and it's a fundraiser for, um, uh, what are they called? Friends of Okura Bush. So Okura Bush is uh, sort of North Auckland uh, between sort of Long Bay and Stillwater. It's a beautiful, piece of pristine bush you've got um heaps of cow palms and cowrie and stuff and there's a, a local uh conservation organization made up of volunteers who go there and they, they take the weeds out they plant new native trees they do trapping they're doing their best to try and restore it and um they normally do a big festival every year uh, okura forest festival um but they couldn't do it this year because of covid um the next one is being planned already um and yeah i i, I am going to be playing at that which is going to be awesome um that's i think it's next february um but yeah we tried to put together another gig in the meantime just to, just to uh fundraise a little bit for the costs uh you know all the stuff that um uh from the cancellation of the previous one to recoup some of that um so it's with uh Mm, yeah, all very up in the air. Mm. Yeah, so the the, ba the other bands that are playing is the Rooms and Big Tasty, and it's it's at the Dairy Flat. Oh, so it's kind of out in rural, but it's local to the area, so it's, um, oh yeah, and and yeah, so it, it's it's a big local effort, loads of volunteers involved, and and we're just trying to do something, and, and mm. it, even if it even if it doesn't happen or still try and do a live stream or something and, and fundraise a bit for them because they're really struggling. Um, and it's such a good cause. So I'm, I'm all for, I mean, in fact, all the proceeds from the album, I doubt there'll be very many, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to donate them to, to all these sort of local conservation efforts, because there's another thing that you can get involved in if, if you want to make a difference as people who are, um, you know, going out and actually doing something in the bush and, making a difference so that's what mm -hmm. I'm all about but yeah I want to do as many shows the, the ultimate dream next year would be to do a show on Territory Martangi oh yeah that would be because perfect. they do 
yeah, that, that they do performances there. But again, with COVID, mm-hmm. it's become yeah. difficult. But uh, that is in the works. Hopefully, it will come off sometime uh, at the end of summer next year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, all things to look forward to. I, I definitely am. Yeah. I'm, I'm dropping these but down again. in the hope that I can go to all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Those three. Yeah. yeah so great. It's, oh, it's so tricky right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just hope and pray and it's kind of. <laughs> And, and just plan anyway and mm-hmm. and I mean I'm happens. noticing that people the new thing is to plan a gig and then also plan a postponement date if you really want to lock in your plan b and you just hope that your postponement date won't get um <laughs> what having yeah also yeah postpone uh, yeah thanks again Henneke for it's been great catching up with you today and Cheers, I look forward pleasure. to seeing you at, at, a, at a show or any of those great shows that that hopefully will happen once we get out at Ahui yeah me too. <laughs> You've been listening to an interview with Henneke. All tracks used in this podcast are taken from her upcoming album, Strange Creatures, which will be self-released on November the 5th. To hear more podcasts, check out the Auckland Library SoundCloud page and subscribe.